listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast, the podcast for coaches, leaders and academics who are interested in translating research into practice. Each episode, I discuss a brand new piece of cutting-edge research and translate the findings with suggestions of how you can incorporate the research into your practice. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca J. Jones. Now, on with today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Coaching Academic Podcast. It's been a bit of a while since we've had an episode. Um, I'm really pleased to be back recording this episode with Holly Andrews. Um, Hi, Holly. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me back. That's all right. And the other exciting thing is that since our last episode was recorded, Holly is has joined me at Henley Business School. So it's really nice to have you as part of the team and be working with you much more closely than I was. Yeah, thanks. It's been a great move. <laughs> so um, in this episode, we're going to provide a bit of an update, aren't we, on um, remote working. So um, yeah, Holly, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we thought it would be interesting um, to think about what research has been done since the paper that we discussed with you in episode 38 back in March 2021. So if you look back at that episode, that was a a paper where research was done right at the start of the pandemic. And it was uh, research that was done in China, looking at how people felt about enforced remote working. And it found some quite novel findings, in particular things that we found really interesting were the fact that this idea of self-discipline had come up, which had never featured in research before around remote working. And the authors argued that this was due to the fact that previously people who engaged in remote working either self-selected into that or they had a role that was particularly amenable to that style of working Uh, and so that self-discipline wasn't really needed because it suited them and how they wanted to and needed to work whereas all of a sudden we were all working from home and it seems that it didn't suit everybody and it was much more difficult for some people than others so we wanted to see what had happened since then now people have got more experience because remote working hasn't gone away and also what had happened since some of the more extreme restrictions like children being homeschooled had been removed uh, because obviously the paper found that there was a lot of homework interference but it would be interesting then to see was that a particular artifact of that situation Um, that children were at home when they wouldn't normally be and would we still find that going forwards so we found a paper that was published in April 2022 entitled the importance of self-leadership strategies and psychological safety for well-being in the context of enforced remote work Um, so there'll be a link to the paper down in the show notes so you can go and have a look at the original paper if you want to and this paper was looking at particular aspects of remote work as you said self-leadership and psychological safety it's quite a complex paper it's testing lots of different hypotheses we're really interested to share with you the results around self-leadership and what they found about that so psychological safety we won't really talk about but we're going to look at what they did around this idea of self-leadership 
And the authors were interested in different types of self-leadership in particular. So they wanted to look at two specific types of self-leadership that they define. One is called goal-oriented self-leadership and one is well-being self-leadership. So they define goal-oriented self-leadership as being a behavior-focused strategy, involves things like setting clear goals for performance, monitoring progress, identifying planning and scheduling your tasks. Well-being self-leadership, on the other hand, is more about actually how you take care of yourself. So they're looking at things like um, ensuring sufficient rest breaks and making sure you've got time to actually recover from work. And are you taking exercise breaks and are you um, eating right when you're working from home and things like that? So much more focused around your physical and mental well-being. And what they were looking at was whether these constructs were related to the degree of meaningfulness. Uh, somebody experiences in their work and that's seen as a, a positive outcome in the stud in this study and the degree to which people experience burnout which is a negative outcome and they argued that this would extend our understanding because there's actually been limited research on self-leadership in the context of remote work and this idea of well-being self-leadership um, hasn't been looked at before and we thought this led on quite nicely from the paper that we'd looked at in episode 38, because this idea of self-leadership links to self-discipline and the issues that people are having of actually managing their life and their well-being when working from home that came out of the first paper. We're going to be tapped into with this well-being self-leadership and the idea of burnout. Mm. And I, I think the whole concept of well-being self-leadership is really interesting when we think about remote working, because often, I mean, I don't know about your experience, Holly, but I find it personally, in a way, harder to think about my well-being when I'm at home, because you don't have as many interruptions as when you're when you're in the office. So in a way, your well-being kind of having short breaks or little kind of pockets of recovery because perhaps someone comes into your office and you have a bit of a chat or you walk down to the the restaurant or canteen to get some lunch or you know when you're just sat at home in front of your desk it's very easy for hours and hours to go by and you're kind of only getting up to go to the loo or, or grab a cup of coffee you just kind of don't have anything else built into your day to help look after your well-being and then on top of that, there's the whole blurring of boundaries about when does your workday start and end? You know, it's much harder to kind of switch off um, because you're always in your place of work when you're at home. So I was quite interested in this idea of well-being self-leadership uh, yeah. in particular. And it probably also links to the paper that we looked at in was it episode 39 about Zoom fatigue. Mm. Um, when you're working from home, if you're on remote meetings, you know, quite often they're back to back, aren't they? Yeah. And if you're in the physical workplace, you wouldn't have that. You'd have to move from one meeting room to another um, and have that kind of, like I say, that rest, that recovery. And yeah. you don't get that working from home. Yeah. And, and in that particular episode, we talked about the fact that how the researchers showed that on top of the back-to-back -back meetings the whole fact of being on zoom or on teams all the time is in itself provides additional cognitive overload which makes it even more tiring 
which emphasise the importance of like looking after our well-being kind of even more. So, yeah, really interesting area. Um, so to research this, what the, what the authors did was they uh, surveyed employees of three Finnish universities. Um, and so, as Holly mentioned already, this was kind of um, at, came at a later point in the COVID pandemic. So the survey was available between April and May 2021. The sample consisted of 2,493 uh, employees, which is a really substantial sample size. And it was a mixture of teaching and research staff and also admin and support staff, all based within, within these three universities. So the study is what's called a, a cross-sectional survey. So it was one survey, all the data was collected at one point in time. And they and asked a series of questions about um, these different types of leadership and also collected data on the outcomes, which was um, meaningfulness at work and also burnout. So what did they find? Well, the results that we're going to focus on um, all supported their initial prediction. So they found that goal orientation self-leadership positively related to meaningfulness at work and it negatively related to burnout. So that, this means that basically individuals who um, engaged in higher levels of goal-oriented self-leadership behaviours, so they were able to set their own goals, plan their workload, observe their performance in relation to their goals, um, kind of engage in action planning, this type of thing, um, were more likely to experience higher levels of meaningfulness at work and they would have lower levels of burnout. And a similar pattern was true for the other type of self-leadership, so well-being self-leadership. So that was positively related to meaningfulness at work and negatively related to burnout. So those employees that were able to plan um, their kind of well-being activities, so they were, they were planning when they would take breaks, they were looking after their physical health, they were thinking about their desk setup and making sure that they were protecting their well-being in relation to that, they were having sufficient um, rest and recovery, they were experienced higher levels of meaningfulness at work and they had lower levels of burnout. So um, the results really confirmed those kind of intuitive sense of what we think might happen that doesn't always happen in research sometimes we find the counter or opposite to be true but in this case there is some good evidence to support the importance of these two different types of self-leadership yeah and I think it was really interesting that they found that goal-oriented self-leadership had a stronger relationship to meaningfulness and that well-being self-leadership had a stronger relationship to burnout um, suggesting that they're both important but they might have differential impacts on certain outcomes. Um, so this idea, I think particularly this notion of well-being self-leadership being linked to burnout is particularly important. Mm, yeah, exactly. So this research has some really important implications for individuals, for organisations, and of course for coaches as well. And I think the key takeaway from this is that it's really important that organizations or individuals pay attention to this kind of these concepts of self-leadership because what the results are showing us is that not everybody automatically engages in self-leadership behaviors there are different types of self-leadership behaviors 
and that actually those of us that have got more developed skills in some in these areas are going to experience positive outcomes. So if organisations can really focus their attention at supporting their employees to develop these self-leadership skills, both both in relation to being goal-oriented and well-being, then they're more likely to experience higher levels of meaningfulness at work and experience lower levels of burnout. And I think this is something that organisations don't really think about or don't pay that much attention to. It's just assumed that we all know how to do these things and we'll just kind of go away and do it. But the reality is very different to that. And actually some support to develop these skills, whether that's training or working with a coach who can actually help you look at how you're you're planning your day and thinking about your goals and um, looking after your well-being can really support you in in developing these skills so that it's something that you can do more automatically without really thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it didn't seem that you know, just getting used to remote working would enable people to develop these skills necessarily. Because whilst they did find that previous experience of remote work um, was related to increased meaningfulness, um, it wasn't related to burnout. So particularly on that well-being self-leadership, people hadn't learned how to take care of their well-being at home. Um, and even if you're experienced in remote working, you were just as likely to re- end up you know being burnt out Mm. and I think well-being is a really interesting one because it's one of those things that we all probably know on a kind of cognitive level how important it is to take breaks how important it is to have some time away from the screen why we shouldn't be checking our emails 24 7 but that doesn't mean that we don't do it you know, there's there's so many barriers that can actually stop us from switching off or stop us from taking proper breaks that we need to really consciously think about how we can overcome those barriers, create healthy habits that support our well-being and recovery. And even for people that might have got those habits in place that at one point it's very easy to get kind of derailed and something happens, perhaps someone in your team leaves or you're going through a big new project at work and all of a sudden all your good habits go out the window and you find yourself engaging in behaviours that aren't going to support your well-being. And I think that's another area, an implication of this is that even people with quite well-developed self-leadership skills, it's still beneficial to revisit those skills, kind of recap on the fundamentals, help think about what processes and systems are in place within the organization to support people rather than create additional barriers or or hindrances and again this is another area that coaches can think about when they're working with individuals is not to assume just because perhaps this is kind of common sense it doesn't mean that we're all all human and sometimes we don't do things that we know are good for us Um, even if we've got all the knowledge there we sometimes need a bit of time to revisit and think about these and the impact of our behaviours. Yeah, I was uh, leading a, a masterclass at Henley yesterday based on break, break, breaking bad habits and the kind of things you were just talking about is exactly the kind of thing that lots of delegates were coming with as their bad habits. Um, you know, feeling that need to be responsive, uh, checking emails, 
and having that kind of pressure mm. uh, and the organizational culture and talk, talking about whether the culture supports that and some people's culture did some people's didn't and it is really difficult to get out of some of these habitual behaviors yeah and, and I think it's something that leaders play in a really important role in this in kind of modeling the good behaviors not responding or sending emails out of work hours not expecting staff to be responsive all of the time and and this is something else that the authors picked up on actually is about how much the work environment supports what's expected of employees and the fact that on the one hand organizations might be expecting people to be fully autonomous lead engage in these self-leadership behaviors kind of manage their own workload manage themselves effectively but on the other hand they might have processes and systems in place that don't support that like for example they might have a culture where people are firing off emails all the time or you're expected to respond kind of almost instantly or you know even with having something like teams I've got teams on my on my phone and I'll get alerts coming through with that so even if you've I don't have a Outlook app on my phone, so I don't get my email alerts, but now I'm getting Teams. So if someone's messaging me on chat, you know, I can't kind of escape <laughs> from those messages. And um, another thing that we were thinking about is, you know, in some organizations, they have this expectation that people will be logged on at 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. and they've got software to actually monitor this. You know, and how does that fit in with the whole idea that you're going, you've got to be autonomous and manage yourself, but equally we're going to dictate to you the hours that you need to be available on, online, even if you're not in a customer-facing role. So potentially it doesn't really matter whether you do your work in the middle of the night or between nine to five. It's just that kind of expectation from the organisation that might influence behaviour. Okay, so... Um, that was our, our update on the impact of remote working and focusing spe- specifically on this idea of self-leadership and goal orientation, self-leadership and well-being self-leadership. We hope you found um, this update useful. Um, we will be back soon with uh, uh, some more episodes of The Coaching Academic and we hope that you join us for those. Thank you very much, everyone. Thanks again. Bye. for listening to the coaching academic podcast if you're interested in reading my research sponsoring the show or in hiring me as a researcher coach or speaker check out my website www.rebeccajjones.co.uk if you like the show don't forget to leave a review in itunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode if you have a question you'd like me to answer in a future show then please get in touch via my website Finally, you can connect with me on Twitter at coach underscore research. Thanks for listening.